The Ohio State game is now days past, and yet they continue to move through the five stages of grief. They continue to really spend a lot of time on bargaining, and that has been real fun. <laughs> Michigan's going to play Iowa, though, this week. And Iowa, for all of the talk of everything that they are, Michigan is a huge favorite. We're going to get a little bit into that and more on this episode of Locked On Wolverines. You are Locked On Wolverines. Your daily podcast on the Michigan Wolverines, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Happy Wednesday. We are back and doing it. Locked On Wolverines podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. I am your man on the ground, Isaiah Hole, publisher of Wolverines Wire through USA Today Sports Media Group. And we are back and uh, Ohio State, the, the, the fan base, the media, they're just really going through it. They're they're having a tough time of it all. They can't seem to make sense of anything, even though this is the third straight year. Uh, they are somewhere between denial and bargaining. Not a lot of anger for whatever reason. The anger came first with the Connor Stallion stuff, and yet they've uh, they've went back to denial. They keep on moving into bargaining and then back into denial. You've got uh, elbows that are footballs and such, and it it is tremendous content. Let me tell you that. Uh, I have uh, been eating up as much as I can. I've been a little bit under the weather. Uh, so I've been uh, just kind of laying as much as I can. And I'm just like eating up every little bit of it. And I'm getting videos sent to me uh, from a lot of friends of mine that are of Ohio State people trying to cope, right? Like mostly it's the, it's a lot of the media people. It's just been very, very satisfying if, you know, considering this is the third straight year and this is maybe, in a way, the worst of it all because uh, before it seemed like they just kind of like, okay, it's a one-off, like this sucks, but it, 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 you know, wait until next year, right? Wait until next year. And then last year happened and it was, you know, five plays and, and you know, a lot of different stuff. And now I think just because it was a closer event, right? This was one that ended up being a heck of a lot closer than uh, the, either of the last two games. Uh, now they're just kind of in a lot of cope mode. Hence, you know, they're trying to discredit uh, Roman Wilson's touchdown, which I understand in the midst of that, actually, the, of the game, that was a little bit uh, controversial. I think they got it right. I don't begrudge anyone from the other side if they, because certainly if it was Michigan fans, they'd be, you know, they'd be saying like, come on, right? Like, that's just how the nature of this. But usually the receiver is going to get the benefit there rather than the defensive back. But then they start just kind of making stuff up. Rod Moore, Rod Moore, here's here's evidence of him uh, dropping the ball as he was going down. No, he he didn't. Those are your circling elbows, my friends. Circling elbows. Uh, I talked to Rod Moore yesterday on. Uh, I filled in for Jake Bud on the Lab, part of Champion Circle, Champion Circle, U of M dot com, and uh, <laughs> he's like, listen. I knew I caught it. Mike B was on there and he was like, I watched him catch it. It did not hit the ground. You see the alternate angle that, and you're like, okay, yeah, he clearly caught it. And yet none of these types of things seem to dissuade those who cannot be compelled by video evidence. No, they're going to take their grainy screenshot and they are going to just live and die by that. Like I said, it is tremendous, tremendous content. And now you have it as part of the bargaining stage as well. We're we're part of the top four, right? Like we should be in this. We should be in the in the playoff. 
um, and, you know, all of these kind of scenarios that are being run through. And um, listen, Michigan's got to take care of its own business. But obviously, they weirdly will be rooting for that because it's the only way that they can salvage their season. And uh, then you you have the uh, have all the other things. Well, Georgia needs to beat Alabama. I, for one, am rooting for chaos there. Uh, Oklahoma State has to beat Texas. I am rooting for Texas. Uh, listen, the, the college football playoff I want to see is the one that isn't necessarily the, the path of the least resistance. We saw that last year, right? I would rather have the marquee matchups. I'd rather Michigan-Texas play each other, Georgia and Oregon or Washington, or you know something more kind of along those lines. I, I would love the marquee matchup. That's me. But Ohio State fans are just sitting there saying like, Oh, we just really, you know, like we deserve it. And it's like, okay, your best, your best win is Penn state. Congratulations. You know, you, you beat the Nittany lions as you always do. And, uh, and no, unfortunately Michigan who did not get that reprieve in 2006, this was the most viewed game version of the game since 2006 game of the century, potentially the most consequential since Ohio state did not win the national championship in particular that year uh, that uh, and obviously they, they're the ones them not holding up their end of the bargain is what helped the SEC narrative get going. It's no, unfortunately you're going to have to, you're going to have a great time in Miami. You're just, you're going to love playing 10 and three Louisville. It's going to be incredible, right? Just, just enjoy whatever that is. And you know, there are consequences to actions. I understand last year wasn't the case. But that's because there wasn't a lot of teams around that held up their end of the bargain, right? You had USC losing a second time to, to Utah. Um, I mean, really, that was the, the big one. The TCU obviously lost to Kansas State, but still made it in because they were undefeated. And there just weren't that many teams, right? That would have been precluding this year, right? This year, it, that, won't, that won't happen, right? Like, most likely, the, the loser of a championship game will not likely get in unless your name is Georgia and then maybe you have enough cachet to still make it in. But like I said, tremendous content. I hope that everyone out there is super enjoying all of this because it has been enjoyable to watch. It's just the, the constant bargaining. And I love that I don't know if I was the one who started it. I know I wasn't really online. And then I came in, I wrote my five stages of grief article, talked about it on the podcast on Sunday and was really happy to see uh, just that idea proliferate throughout uh, everyone that are Michigan fans, because that is certainly what they're going through. It's they they just cannot move past bargaining. Every now and again, you see someone that's in, in further along. You know, you have anger, fire Ryan Day. You have uh, depression, and and sometimes you every once in a while you see acceptance. You see like, hey, good game, guys. That was that was a great game. Can't wait to do it again next year. And that's shocking when you see it. But because they aren't accustomed to it, because it is a birthright in Ohio, because they've had, you know, there's a lot of Ohio State fans that did not live through the John Cooper years. Listen, I grew up not really understanding that Ohio State was the main rival. I did not pay super close attention, as I've told you guys many, many times before. But uh, I was uh, I was just under the belief that Michigan State was the main rival because that, at least every couple of years, Michigan would lose. But against Ohio State, in my formative years, they often did not because I grew up in the John Cooper era. So it's a lot of people thought after Jim Trestle 
went on his run, and then Urban Meyer went on his run, and then Ryan Day looked like he was going to pick that up. And it's just funny to me because you start to see things like um, Jesse Minter speaking about the game the same way that Ryan Day did in 2019 at Big Ten Media Day. So like, you got to work it every day. That They both literally said the exact same thing. And it's funny because I've gone back and rewatched uh, his uh, a clip that I had had on uh, Wolverine's Wire back before, you know, we had the podcast and all, but I did like a little clip, a video clip of uh, Ryan Day and rewatched that. And, you know, he was just so confident that he was just going to continue rolling and it looked that way in 2019. And that's the only time he's won. How things change, the more things change. We're going to move on to Iowa, though, uh, because that there is a game this week, as much as I'd love to spend the entire week on Ohio State. It is Wednesday at this point. Uh, but uh, we are going to move on to Iowa because this is two days from now. A lot of us will be in Indianapolis, and we'll be getting ready for the Big Ten Championship game, and that's exciting. I want to kind of look at some of the numbers, dispel some of the myths to some degree. And we're going to do that here in just a moment. But before we do, as the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot, on fire on FanDuel, okay? So right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets when you, uh, when you win with any $5 money line bet. That's right. Just place a wager on the team that you want to win. $5. You get $150 back in bonus bets. Add more fun to your game day. If you were thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. This app is so easy to use. Instant withdrawals is the best part, but there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, overs, unders, heck of a lot more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Before we move on, when you're hiring for your small business, you want to have as many top-tier candidates as possible to interview. That's why you've got to check out LinkedIn Jobs. Now, LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. So easy to create a job on LinkedIn Jobs. Just create the listing, matter of moments, a couple simple screening questions, and then after that, you can add the purple hashtag hiring frame to your personal profile so you can let everyone know that you are hiring with simple tools like screening questions. Uh, there's it's so many. Um, wow. OK, I, I looked at it and it's, it's different, but simple tools like screening questions take it, make it a breeze to get through. Now, hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. So easy. In fact, that 80 percent of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Now, LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. Thankfully, with LinkedIn, the process is intuitive, quick, and easy. They even just launched a feature that helps you write the job description, save that time and that energy, making the process even easier and quicker. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Like I said, a little under the weather this week. Not really like sick under the weather, just kind of like I've learned something about the human body. It does not like when you get three hours of sleep a night for like three or four nights straight and you have copious amounts of caffeine. Does not does not work well. Uh, but it has been a great time to uh, to consume content. Unfortunately, I haven't been p- pumping out content, but uh, at least not in person. I've been a disheveled mess. So uh, glad to be back. Iowa, uh, Michigan plays uh, play against a Cade McNamara-less Iowa for the uh, second time in three years. 
This is what I predicted in the preseason as being your matchup. Uh, everything didn't quite go as planned. I thought Penn State was going to be at Ohio State. I thought Notre Dame was going to be at Ohio State. And neither of those things happened. Uh, but um, nonetheless, I got, the, I got the East and the West right in the preseason. Iowa had one extra loss that I didn't anticipate. I think that loss was, uh, well, it was Ohio State. I thought that they were, were going to lose to Penn State, and then I, I thought that was it. Otherwise, I had Iowa. I think, I think that's how it went. Maybe I had them losing to Wisconsin and not Penn State or whatever. But nonetheless, they got, got the two teams right. So there is a misnomer that's kind of going around about, uh, oh, Iowa's got the best defense in the, in the country, right? Like, oh, that's what they do. I mean, it is what they do, okay? I'm not saying it isn't. But when it comes to their defense, and I, I parsed the numbers here, uh, you've got the uh, the seventh ranked total defense, the fourth ranked scoring defense. Uh, obviously, they get a lot of uh, turnovers and stuff like that. Although turnover margin, Michigan is actually better than them at the turnover margin. Um, uh, rushing, they're seventeenth and they're ninth in passing. Uh, those numbers, all of the above, are worse than Ohio State was or Penn State. Now, Michigan did not have an easy go against either of those teams, so it might be a tough sledding game a little bit, right? But, I mean, we've seen Michigan put up uh, 24 points against Penn State and uh, 30 against uh, Ohio State. But here's the other part is Michigan's defense, actually, when people say, like, oh, Iowa's got the best defense in the country, which is something I've heard often in the last couple days, that's um, not even the best defense in the game. Michigan, who... I mean, okay, they have the common opponent in Penn State. They get lost 31 to nothing to Penn State. Uh, Michigan at least has played Ohio State and still has a better passing record. Four in the country. Michigan's total defense, number two in the country, behind only Penn State. Scoring defense, number one in the country. Rushing defense, seven in the country. So Iowa's not really likely to pass the ball a heck of a lot, but they are, uh, they are probably going to try to run the ball, right? Because that's just kind of what, they have at their disposal, try to get some turnovers and things of that nature. And uh, let me pull up their turnover margins. I know I have, I, I don't have it up, but I can have it up. That's something that doesn't take too long here. Uh, turnover margin, like I said before, Michigan is number three. They're averaging 1.17 turnovers per game in the plus category, that is. They've gained uh, 21 turnovers and they've lost seven. So that is where they're at. They've lost two fumbles. And five interceptions uh, so far. Iowa is not at quite as good in the turnover margin overall. Uh, I'm going to have to search to find them quickly. Uh, they're 76. They are negative 0. Uh, 0. 0.08, rather. They have 15 interceptions or 15 uh, granted turnovers that they've gained and 16 that they've lost. They've Lost, uh, let's see, seven and nine. Seven fumbles they've lost and nine interceptions. So they are n not at all in the same category when it comes to that. No Cooper DeGene doesn't help. That's their best player this year. No Jack Campbell. He's a Detroit Lion. So it, it just does not bode very well for Iowa in this game. Um, really, this just when you look at it from a statistical standpoint, Michigan's offense versus the Iowa defense, it's again, it's very similar to kind of some of the teams we've seen them face. Uh, Iowa does not particularly get tackles for loss or sacks. They keep everything in front of them. They do a very good job of disallowing 
uh, you scoring in the red zone, 70.83% uh, uh, in terms of the team score once they get in the red zone. That's third in the country. Uh, touchdowns, they're number two in the country with a 37.5 rate. So Michigan needs to score touchdowns and not field goals. Michigan is 44th in the red zone and 16th at scoring touchdowns. That's a lot different than it was either of the last two years. Where you really see the disparity is uh, Iowa's offense, obviously, against the Michigan defense. You have one of the best defenses in the country against one of the worst offenses in the country. Iowa is dead last in total yards per game. Like Michigan is second in the country, behind only Penn State. And dead last in first downs. Michigan is second in the country in first downs allowed. This could be a game where Iowa doesn't get any first downs. Now, I, they will, of course. I'm not saying that they won't. They're, they're not Rutgers from 2016. But uh, it, there's a reason why when you look at the... Uh, Look at the, the betting apps and everything, and you see a first half and a second half over under Iowa point scored. It's set at half a point. It's just absolutely absurd what the Hawkeyes are right now. And then you look at, like, tackles for loss. They've allowed 62. That's 49th in country. Michigan's gotten 68. That's 67th in country. Sacks, they've, got, they've allowed 24. That's 69th in country. Michigan's 40th with 29. Um, it's, this is a drop-back passing team. And Deacon Hill, it, I mean, he might be hard to take down because he's big, but, I mean, he's not nearly even as mobile as Spencer Petrus, I don't think. So that's just going to be an interesting thing. When it comes to third-down conversions, they're 123rd in the country, Michigan 17th at, at uh, stopping that. They've got the 130th-ranked passing attack against the number four uh, pass defense, was number one before Ohio State. Rush defense, 104th in the country. Uh, rush offense, rather. Michigan 7th, scoring 124th against the 1st. It, it's just not a good matchup. And I understand there's people out there that are like, okay, well, they, they've done it before. This is, it, I, they're 10-2. and two. The best team they've played is Penn State. They got absolutely annihilated by Penn State. I mean, heck, they were in a fight with Michigan State after Tucker was gone. And... It was only because of Cooper DeGene heroics that things kind of changed. So, no, I don't really feel like this is that Michigan's going to come anywhere close to losing this game. I don't think any of you do either. That said, I mean, it's still a little nerve-wracking going into it. But anyhow, um, all right, we're going to move on. Before I actually even move on here completely, I'm joining up with the on three guys. Uh I don't know where we're going to go, so you'll have to follow their own board, which means you probably should subscribe over there. I'm going to be joining them on Saturday at uh, either, uh, I, don't, I didn't see if they finalized it, either Brothers or uh, District Tap for a little meet and greet. So feel free to come on by, say hello. I'll be there in probably some kind of Jesus apparel, as I always am. <laughs> so pretty hard to miss. Um, six foot one dude that's uh, just kind of towering and whatever. Anyway. <laughs> towering, not really towering, but nonetheless, would love to meet you. We're going to move on. I have a kind of a, just some general thoughts that I want to get to um, kind of regarding just kind of the last month. And I, we were going to do that here in just a moment. But before we do, listen, you can have extra added fun on game day and you can do that with Prize Picks. Now, Prize Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. 
easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It's just you versus the numbers. And instead of playing against all these pros and sharks, people who have their expertise is to beat you in the fantasy. This is just you versus the numbers. You take a two to six player uh, stat projection. You pick more than or less than. It's that simple. You just watch the winnings roll in at that point. So with basketball season here as well, you can make everything extra fun on Saturday. Michigan versus Oregon on the on the hardwood, and then you've got Michigan versus Iowa later. You know, you, you can sit there and say, hey, I'm going to take Doug McDaniel with uh, so many threes, more, more than, less than, and then I'm going to take uh, Roman Wilson with so many touchdowns, more than, less than. You can do that combo under the specials page. It's absolutely amazing. And the good, good thing about Price Picks is they offer a reboot policy, so if a player gets injured, your entries still stay in play. So if with football and basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second, that player is rebooted. So PrizePix is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. So you don't have to sit there and worry if your guy goes down. It's absolutely incredible. So go to prizepix.com slash college with the promo code LockedOnCollege. That's prizepix.com slash college. the promo code college For a first deposit match up to $100, PrizePix, daily fantasy sports made easy. All right, I debated on if I wanted to do this or not, uh, this last segment, and I'm, I'm going to. Um, it's been kind of a hard month, just in general. Uh, obviously, there's been a lot of uh, a lot of turmoil surrounding Michigan, but it, it takes a personal toll to some degree, not just because like I'm sitting there reacting to anything, but because uh, as a lot of people like to make fun of, uh, I talked to a lot of people, and I, as anyone who's followed me for quite some time knows that I am not trying to be Mr. Insider. I'm not. This is just a very interesting situation in which I found uh, myself with sources that were close to a lot of what was happening, okay? And uh, I'll also, I'm a type of person who tries to be accountable and honest. Nothing that I've said... I, I don't take anything back, and I'm not about to change anything here. The only thing I, I will give you a caveat on is, like I mentioned the other day on Sunday, there's four national outlets that are working on stories ab- about other schools and such. That doesn't mean that those are going to come to fruition. That's something that I should have been clear about, uh, just because they have to be able to get the dirt. And when we're sitting here airing out the laundry, not just here. I mean, we're not the only one out there that's telling you everything that we're hearing, but certainly you know the people that were doing their dastardly deeds know that people know, and they uh, makes it a little bit easier for them to cover things up or whatever. I'm not even saying that that's what's happening. That's just, you know, logic. Uh, but they actually have to get the, get the dirt before, before they actually publish anything. Uh, so why do I want to talk about it in this light? Well, it kind of goes back to a couple of different conversations that I've had with Sarah. And um, one of the things is, uh, it, the, the, that's really been heavy on my mind, because I think it was Sunday night, uh, I went on to MGO blog. Like I said, I've been a consumer of content. I've just been eating it up. And I saw a thread about me, about, you know, about this, uh, about this program. And, and I clicked on it with the idea of like, oh, I can answer some questions if people have it or whatever. And it was just mostly vitriol uh, from Michigan fans. Now I expect that from Ohio State or Michigan State fans or whatever. 
that's kind of just part of it, but I'm not used to getting it from the Michigan people. And that was really like disheartening, right? Like that's, you see, you know, people saying your name with a bunch of expletives and stuff and telling you where you can go and questioning your credibility. And it brought me back to a conversation that I had with Sarah uh, about a month ago. Now, uh, everything between us is kind of strange just because I've spent so much time on the phone and uh, way more than I've ever had in my entire life. And I'm hoping that that can and will be repaired, God willing. But when, when I first started getting the attention, which I'm not really comfortable with, positive or negative, to be honest, that's not really why I'm in this. There was certainly a time in my life where I thought being famous would be the coolest thing in the world. I'm not saying I'm famous, uh, but, you know, just to be recognized and things of that nature. Uh, and now even like the lowest possible rung of any of that is uncomfortable for me, to be honest. And having my credibility questioned and all of that, it, it makes me uncomfortable as well because I'm just telling you what I'm hearing. And I, I understand some of it sounds very outlandish, but I'm hearing it from very good people. So one of the things I had said to Sarah when I first saw some kind of pushback, and this was like kind of in the beginning when I know that it, everything sounded very tinfoil hat-like, uh, like I, I constantly referenced the Charlie Day meme with the yarn in the background, you know, with the crazy eyes. And I said to her, her that she's like, well, why do you do this? Why are you trying to bring all this information to people? Like, what, what, is, what is the goal here? Like, this is not a place that you've really delved in since you moved on from 24-7 sports. She didn't say that part. That's me adding the context. But uh, I said to her, well, because I remember what it was like when I was just either a college student at Michigan back in 2006-ish, right? More so 2007 when there was all the, you know, Lloyd Carr leaving and, you know, who's the coach going to be? And I could not afford to subscribe anywhere. I don't think I even really knew that you could subscribe to Rivals or, you know, On3 didn't exist, 24-7 didn't exist. It was Rivals and Scout, and that's pretty much it. And I remember what it was like to be in that spot. I remember what it was like refreshing MGO blog uh, when I was working at United Talent Agency. I was living in California, one of the darkest, darkest times of my life. But yet that brought a lot of joy for me to be able to connect with Michigan football and Michigan football fans and just kind of be a part of the fraternity from 2,000 miles away. I remember when I moved back to Michigan and really struggled to get a job. Turns out a film degree doesn't really get you anywhere <laughs> in the state of Michigan. Get you some places in, the, uh, in Los Angeles. Not so much here. So, you know, I was, and I'm not saying, I don't look down on this. Obviously, I did the job for three years, but I served and bartended and all of those things. And again, I was just, Michigan was my identity. And I remember what it was like to just want to be able to have the info. By that time, I was subscribed to 24-7 Sports. But just to be able to, to feel like you kind of knew what was going on, you know, it, you think back to 2014 and just reading all of the things that, you know, Steve Lorenz said or Chris Ballas said or, you know, following along with uh, everything on MGO blog and hanging on John U. Bacon's every word. Is Michigan going to get Jim Harbaugh and all of that? 
And it just felt wonderful to kind of be in the know. And I just wanted to try to bring that to you guys. So I understand there's people that are going to question everything that I say. Um, I don't tell you anything that I don't hear from very good sources. That's why I quantify if it's someone that's removed or someone that's close to things. And, um, yeah, but behind all of this is a human. I am a human. I understand a lot of you connect through my voice or through the video and, uh, maybe I'm just sensitive. Normally I'm not terribly sensitive, but, uh, I'm a little sensitive when it comes to Michigan fans because you know, it, it sucks when you, you know, you think like, all right, I'm, I'm trying to help you in one way or another by trying to get down to the bottom of all of this and have your name raked through the mud. I know that's just a small percentage, but, um, I figured I would at least share what it's like to be on this other side. Again, I stand by everything I said. If we come to get things proven, that will be amazing. If it's never proven that, which is a possibility, it's, it is what it is, but I'm still telling you what I'm being told by people inside Michigan, close to Michigan and in colleagues that are out there. Some of them are working on things. Some are talking to people who are working on things. Okay. So I've, I've never would make anything up to get anyone to watch or listen to this show. As you noticed two, two days without a show, I don't care that much about, uh, any of it in terms of getting people to come and, and tune in and all of that. I don't even promote this show on Twitter. It, it's all kind of word of mouth, whatever you find. And, um, I'll always strive to be honest with you. And when I'm wrong, I'll tell you when I'm wrong. I've done that plenty of times. It doesn't bother me to tell you when I'm wrong. Okay. So that's my PSA. With that said, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. I do appreciate all of you who do give me the time of day and, uh, we will be back on Thursday and then Friday we'll, we'll do a preview and we'll go to Indianapolis. Sounds like a grand time. All right. We'll talk to you then. Thanks. Peace.